Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 14 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate first watch, rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I am Grace. And this week we're watching Singularity. Or the episode that makes my ovaries cry. <laughs> yeah, the episode where I'm in a puddle in the corner of an elevator. Um, <laughs> the one with the feels. Oh, so many feels. I. It's not a mystery, guys. I love this episode. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's it's yeah. It's something different. It, and it's not knowing you a little more than than the rest of the listeners do. I'm surprised that you like it this much, but it makes yes. sense. Yes. Um. Yeah. It, as we'll as we'll come to it. Um, I feel for Sam in this episode. I, <laughs> I I connect a lot with Sam in this episode um, for the fact that early in the episode she's like pet child on head awkward. What do I do with a small human? Which is usually what I feel. But I, you know, it's it's you can't if you get close to a kid like that. You do. It's, I'm it's, going to be yeah. you know running back. Turning back in the elevator, going back downstairs. Right. Um, but I, I so felt this, with Sam in this episode where she's like, oh, do I have to stay with you, tiny human? I have work to do. <laughs> what do I do? Can't you just sit there quietly by yourself? Yeah. And <laughs> that part, I was like, I feel you, sister. <laughs> the episode was written by Robert C. Cooper uh, and directed by Mario as a party. We know those people. We yes. know them well. We know those We names. love these guys. Uh-huh. Um... And the ghoul they name in this episode is Nearty, which I'll cover very, very little about later on. Okay. Um, about the actual god. Because there's spoilers? Well, because there's spoilers, spoilers if I go yes. in more, but Nearty <laughs> is an actual Hindu goddess. Oh, gotcha. So, okay. And then the planet is Hanka? Hanka? I, I like Hanka because it rhymes with Sanka, which yeah. makes you think of cool runnings. <laughs> I don't think they actually <laughs> named the planet, but it's PBX 9. Hanka, you dead man? <laughs> Sorry. But the cool, so they, there is, if you watch the episode when they arrive on the planet, they very obviously linger on this sign, which yes. we've never seen before. Yep. Um, and they, so that mentioned the, the planet and it mentioned the alphanumeric code for the planet, but it also said this is the Douglas McLean Memorial Observatory. So this basically kind of establishes for us that we've been here before. This is not yes. a new place. We're doing stuff here. Well, it That's kind of like how I took SG7 it. SG7 went there like what two, three weeks earlier. I think they said right, right. But the Douglas McLean Memorial Observatory. Doug McLean is the show's assistant art director at this oh, point. Oh, that's cool. He's assistant art director for the first three seasons, and then a couple seasons after that, he's the art director. So he basically was like, make this sign and put my name on it. Uh, he basically <laughs> was like, here's my Easter egg, yo. Which <laughs> I dig it. I have known put my Easter eggs. My yeah, Easter like egg that. pulling card is an infinity sign, by the right, way. Right, right. I don't give a shit if that's cliche. <laughs> that's my goddamn calling sign. I like it. It's cool. It works. Um, and so SG7 is, are the people who set up this observatory, and they are like the scientific slash medical team. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the only person we know is they're under the command of John Smith. <laughs> Which means they don't know who they're under the command of. Well, A, they don't know under the command of, but I found that sort of an interesting for a planet that had a mysterious disease come and wipe them out, where it's earlier, later in the episode, they guessed that maybe they brought a disease from Earth that may have happened. Yeah, maybe these pilgrims I found traveled the far away. that their name, that the commander's <laughs> name was John Smith. And they they had brought these communicable, was it smallpox? Did they just straight up bring smallpox? Either that or it was actually... <laughs> David Tennant, Doctor Number Ten. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like it. Now, I, I have commander. a hard time seeing David Tennant as anything but the Purple Man right now. Don't get me started I with Jessica Jones. I haven't started on Jessica Jones yet. Oh, it's a great show. That will save that for attention. Cast. I've been uh, I've been distracted this weekend by my somehow my first time watching The Great British Bake Off. Oh. <laughs> And I yeah. now want to bake all the things. I thought you were going to say by all the turkey and food that uh, we oh, have been eating. Gosh. <laughs> so also in this episode is our first mention of Naquita. 
Oh, okay. Did you catch that? I did not. Okay. Well, they mentioned Naquita is the metal that's in her blood that collected. Oh, I do remember. I and just it's also what, it what the gate is made out of. Yes, yes. I did catch that they mentioned what the substance was. I, yes. I guess I didn't remember that. It's them. called Naquita. Okay. You'll hear that again. Uh, I'm going to write that down. I'm totally going to yeah. name something that. You, you Actually, <laughs> I have it. It was a named after something, and I have that later on oh, cool. in my notes. But I want to like get a fish and name it Nequita. That'd be a good name for a fish. <laughs> I saw something on Facebook today. It's probably a fake, but they're talking about a husband and wife are going back and forth going, so I took the kids to the store to get a fish. And she and the husband goes, if you came home with anything except an aquatic animal, <laughs> and then sends a picture of the fluffiest goldfish. I did see puppy, that. I did goes, see that. It was so smart of him to say. His name is Fish. Yep. I was so smart of him to say aquatic animal. This man knows his wife well. <laughs> there in the in, in college in the dorms, you can, we can only have fish and mm-hmm. aquatic animals and that. So someone brought a bunny in and named it Fish. I like it. And it lived under the. It got away with her for almost an entire semester wow. living under the bed. I dig it. I'm for that. Anyways, back to Stargate. <laughs> so we start with our intrepid team heading through the gate to look at a black hole during an eclipse. Um, and we have a brief moment of Jack completely nerding out about astronomy and teaching the audience what an accretion disk is. I love seeing him nerd out about anything. This is like <laughs> one of my favorite Jack scenes so yes. far. Yeah, because just to see that man do, be anything but just like, whatever, I'm cool. I don't even care about anything. I'm yeah. the original hipster. I know. <laughs> snark, 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 snark. <laughs> But for him to just go off and be like, this is the most exciting thing ever. Well, I love the fact because Sam's trying to use, like, layman's terms, I guess, to explain it to to Daniel. Right. And Jack's like, the term is accretion disc. Yeah. <laughs> and, Deal with it. And, and Daniel goes on and just kind of goes, wait, what, what, did, what did you say? <laughs> and Sam goes, you didn't think the colonel had a telescope on his roof just to look at the neighbors, did you? I love that, yeah. And what Jack the- kind of pauses and goes, no, not, a, not initially. <laughs> Because you know Jack is fine on the neighbors. Well, he would. He's he's watched Rear Window one too many times. (laughs) (laughs) So they head to the planet Hanka. Honka. Honka. Honka, dead man. I can't Um, not think of cool runnings. I'm going to say it every time. I apologize. And they pass the sign welcoming him to Honka. Um, And they say that someone from SG7 should have been there to greet them. And they walk along this nice farmland. They come across someone who's essentially collapsed mid-stride. He's sort of collapsed with his baskets. And Jack goes and, like, flips him over, and he's just covered in sores. And Jack jumps back, sees what he, what they have here, and then calls for Mop 4. And everyone gets their masks out except for Teal, because he's a badass. Yeah, he's like, uh, no, no, I'm Teal. And, and Jack no, washes baby his gold. hands, and, and Daniel and Teal head to the village, and Sam and Jack head to the observatory. So I looked up what Mop 4 is. Okay. So MOP... I didn't realize that was a real term. It is totally a real term. MOP is M-O-P-P, and it's Mission-Oriented Protective Procedure. And this is basically when you have uh, contact, when you have an outbreak, where you have a virus, or you have, you know, or gas, or anything like that. But here's the thing. Level 4 is actually the highest level. Oh. And if you call MOP 4, they should have masks, suits, gloves, boots. Not just the beekeeper's uniform that they they wear. They fail. Yeah, they did. When they come back in their in their in their beautiful yellow getup, yeah. that seems like it be, might be close to Mop Four. Although I'm pretty sure they have their mask like neckerchief parts it just, over. Yeah, it just so looks which means like, all the stuff can go right up into their mask, yeah, just straight up into your face. I was which like, doesn't I'm have sure any open spaces. That should be any. like tucked in. Yeah. to the uniform. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, Sam and Jack get to the observatory, and SG One is dead. Still in their beds. Whatever hit them was scary fast. And Daniel runs in, everyone is dead, and credits. Wow. Which is kind of an... I mean, that's a... That's a scary way to start. Yeah. All the people are dying. And this, you know, this scene... Obviously, the first time I saw this, Firefly hadn't come out, let alone Serenity. Right, But when I see this now... I get a harken back to when they land on Miranda in Serenity. Oh. And the Reaver virus has passed through and yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. just dead at their desks and just dead in mid-stride yeah. going about their daily activity. This is before um, 
I mean, we, we have had zombie movies since forever, but this was before the uh, the obsession with, like, virus outbreak films and yeah. movies and things. So this is, but it is, it's the same idea. It looks, mm-hmm. yeah, like 20 days later or, or you know. Yeah. Everyone's, stuff like that. it's not like people were clawing out their faces or trying to get out or trying to get right. somewhere. It's just, like, where they were sitting. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Um, so everyone's now in full biohazard, mm-hmm. um, and Janet's there and everything, and they have the observatory as, like, a decon chamber, so they can right. carry on the, pl- because plot reasons, they can carry on with other suits. Okay. I'm sure if this is actually going on, yeah. they still all be in full biohazard So here's where times. I got a little confused, and I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Are they all on this planet cleaning things up? They wouldn't bring everything back to Earth to no, clean no, up, no. right? No, no, no. When they, when Janet and everything, they're on the planet, they're on the planet. They're on because the planet. Because they're in the observatory. Okay. So, because Jack so and Teal'c stay Janet there. Janet tra- has traveled through the Stargate? Yes. That's ultimately my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janet so Dr. Traveled. Janet is a badass. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, whatever, I've traveled through the Stargate and I don't even have to make a big deal about it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't even go like, ooh, this yeah. is nervous. This is just a thing I've She's done. She's just like, what? There's a patient on that side I'm going through. Yeah, so, so through, through. Okay, got it. So go through it? Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. No problem. <laughs> um... So Janet wants to check them over. Jack was first. He touched the body. But then Daniel sneezes. But it's yeah. just allergies. Don't worry. Right. Because it's Daniel. Because yeah. it's Daniel. Um, so Sam and Teal'c and some others are out tagging bodies. Um, and Daniel says the locals warned them of this. They said the darkness would come. And the when the darkness came, it would be the apocalypse. And it was part of their mythology. Yeah. But, you know, the SGC teams, they just told them there's nothing to worry about. It's just a, it's just a myth. And now everyone's dead. Now all the death, yeah. So Sam tags a woman, and when she turns, a small hand comes out of the space corn and takes the tag. That's right. That's right. And there's some other little tiny creature in the space corn, which I'm a little scared of. I'm like, there's a thing that run, <laughs> run. Um, so Sam sees movement and sees that it's a child. Yeah. Uh, there's literally a child of the corn. There's literally a child of the corn. <laughs> but they look scary with their masks on. So they send Teal'c. Right. The friendly looking Teal'c. Yeah, because he's a friendly looking man. <laughs> uh, he, he looks like... I love how he's, she's like, look friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So smile. And it really just kind of looks like he's baring his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, uh, Teal doesn't look like he's going to be hanging out with Mr. Rogers anytime soon. So, <laughs> I really apologize for noises, guys. We have an inflated bed still up in this room, and Kaylee is like digging on the bed as if there's no tomorrow. So, if you hear a weird noise in the background, Kaylee has. Don't a new worry, playground. our world is not on fire. Kaylee has a playground back there. Um, so Janet and Sam check the girl over back at the observatory. She's clearly in shock. <laughs> she won't talk. Um, Janet says they can take the gear off because it's a bacterial infection and not airborne. And she says not to get too close. That's exactly what Sam does is get right up so, into her face. So get up and yeah, get mm-hmm. right up in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the girl tags herself with the body tag, which has really actually nice details like the planet numbers on there. Yeah. And like the DOA. There's like well, a long I guess that makes number. sense. You got to be organized. You're going to be having planet I'm dead people saying, from was, other planets. From a from a staging prop standpoint, right. that was nice details. Right. Um, that was a very thorough artist there. Sam goes, no, no, you're not going to die. And tries to take the tag away, but the girl won't let go. <laughs> um, which I, makes me wonder if the person that they put it on was her mother. I would imagine so. She Because I, I would imagine. Here's what I've, I've she lent to it. I said, mom. this is my mom and this is all I have left of her. And this is yeah. this is mine now. I'm keeping this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I mean, she's a child. The poor thing can't even speak. No. That's what I'm, yeah. That's when my heart starts hurting. A just a little tiny bit at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Janice discovers she's not infected, but there's traces of Naquita in her blood. Mm. Um, and so, as I touched earlier, Naquita, it's the first time we've heard the term in this series. Okay. Um, and it's, Is it like midichlorians? Uh, yeah. No, no, not like any chlorine okay. in any way. Okay. Uh, but this stargate is made of naquita. Okay. And it amplifies energy, which is really helpful when you right. need to make a wormhole. Right. Because you get a little energy in there and it makes so, a whole so bunch more to make a wormhole. It's Red Bull for energy. It's yes. Red Bull for Red Bull. It's Red Bull for stargates. Gotcha. Um, but it also makes explosions much larger, which we see later on in the episode. Yep. And there's also liquid Naquita, and that's what powers Tilk's staff weapon. Oh, how does Tilk have it? 
Does he know what it is? Um, I think it's one of those where he, he doesn't necessarily know that it might be the same thing that powers the Stargate, but he knows that this liquid stuff is what powers his staff weapon. Okay. And um, and it's named after the town of Nakata in Egypt. Oh. Um, probably pronouncing that wrong. But I like it's it. It's literally the first half of Nakata. No, I wonder if we... Is, are we considering it Nakwa. an element? I don't know if it's an element or if it's like a comp, if it's like a metal. Okay. I mean, I guess most metals are right, straight right, elements. Yeah. Some sort of alloy. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's an alloy or just like a straight These silver. These are important things I want to know. Aluminum. Oh. Gotcha. Um, and then Daniel self. Daniel doesn't want to sell, sound self-centered, but, but Janet assures him he's not affected. But he will. <laughs> but he will because he's Daniel. Because he's Daniel. And they're set to head back through the gate, uh, the girl as well. Sam argues that the eclipse is only a day away. That's mm-hmm. the only opportunity they have to photograph the black hole, and it's human history, life-changing stuff. Um, but we, it's slightly more tolerable than Daniel in his Elements book in the sky. Right, right. <laughs> um, if they go now, then everyone died for nothing. That's true. Um, and the girl comes out and, like, jumps onto Sam's arm and hand. Yeah. And Jack's like, well, you'll be, you won't be staying. Yeah. You're, you're. But I'll stay. This. Yeah. And Teal'c's like, well, I'll stay because uh, shit can't infect me because yeah. I'm, you know. I'm Teal'c and I do all the cool things. So if you're doing a cool thing, I get to stay. Basically. <laughs> so everyone heads their back through the gate and they bring the girl along with them. Simple scene. So yeah. Sam opens the door to a standard SGC creep room. <laughs> um, Sam's going to help her fix it up, though. Don't worry. Uh, Sam needs to go. He's going to leave her here with Cell with nothing. Yeah. Literally just leave you on the bed. Oh, and there's a security camera watching her, which seems extremely creepy. Yeah, stay in this creepy gray cell with a with a camera on the wall. Yeah. This is totally okay and yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't feel weird at all. Your and mom's the, not just died or anything. <laughs> the girl doesn't want her to leave, obviously, so right. Sam stays a while. And this is all kinds of awkward. This is the scene where I'm like, this is what I would be uh, yeah. with a child going, but I would rather go do work. Yeah, see, this is the... Okay, so first of all, I'm already in love with this child because her name is Cassandra. <laughs> and I have my own Cassandra, who is a tiny child at some point. She's no longer a tiny child. We're but, all tiny children uh, Yeah, but point. she was my... She was around for me to, to, to see as a tiny, tiny child. And, yes. And, and grow her up the way this Cassandra's growing up. So I'm already in love with this kid. <laughs> and then she's just the sweetest thing in the world and she's got no mommy. And I'm like, somebody please give her a hug. Somebody give her a mommy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be her mommy. Give her to me. Can someone be this girl's mommy? And Sam's like, uh, can someone else be this girl's mommy? <laughs> somebody be this girl's mommy. I Not feel me, like, okay, but somebody. I feel like Sam is in the same vein as I would be. Is like, dude, I will be great as your aunt, kid. Yeah, the cool aunt. I will come and go so I get my own work done. Yeah. But you need, I, I don't know if I'd work well as your mom. You know, there's nothing wrong with being the cool aunt. Other shit. Oh, man. I'm stupid. <laughs> Sam. Um, so... Him and Janet and Daniel creep on Sam and the girl, watching him through the right. creepy-ass webcam. Yeah. Um, so we find out there's 1,432 dead on the planet. Okay. Which, they, you know, it seems actually kind of small for a village for an, in the grand scheme of things. So is this an entire village? But this isn't the whole planet. Is just this the village we've made it to? I don't know. They're not... It doesn't seem quite clear at that, but considering later on we find that there's ghouls around the planet right. and blocking the Stargate, I almost want to say that this is everyone on the planet? That's that so seems nuts. very yeah, weird. That's like smaller than our workplace. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like a very small amount, but... Yeah. Um, and they guess that they're indirectly responsible. And Janet says that they could have brought a normal, normally harmless bacteria from Earth and mutated right. into an insane super strain, which is kind of essentially... Well, not quite smallpox. That's just because people weren't used to it, but... Yeah. I mean, this is something that very realistically could happen when you right. start going to other planets. You you bring something that's foreign to them mm-hmm. that our bodies are used to, so yep. you can't detect it because it's, it's, it's just... It's kind of dormant. Yeah. And then you take it to these other people and it's no longer dormant. Uh, she does assure that they didn't bring anything back with them, and they might have brought back the cure in the little girl, and they right. also said that, you know, depending on what that cure is, she could also help um, develop a lot of new medicines and vaccines and stuff on Earth, which is, we brought that up before. Right, right, right. As we travel around the galaxy. Yeah, well, we had what the, whatever the Knox had, we wanted that, too, mm-hmm. to make stuff with. Mm-hmm. 
So the kids' room is a lot less depressing now. Okay. Um, but Sam has the creepiest puppets mm-hmm. that she's just like, la 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 with the puppets. Because puppets are creepy. But I want to go back to something. So yes. we find that this little girl's blood could be the cure. There could be stuff here. Yeah. Why doesn't she have superpowers? Why don't we know if she is? She has to have something. This can't be this boring. There's got to be more to her than that. So, um, <laughs> Sam, Sam tries to show her. I need a, people know why I continued there. Actually, no, I don't. I mean, there's, there's nothing there. Okay, great. Fine. <laughs> so Sam shows her how to eat a hot dog, but she really just wants to gnaw on the dog part of the hot dog. Which, you know what? I don't blame her. I think I used to do the same thing. I'd just be like, no, I just want the hot dog. I never said bun. I never said a hot dog in a bun. I remember these conversations clearly. Here's the question. In a, it, it, a hot dog is normally the hot the, the, the meat in the bun casing. So which part is the hot and which part is the dog? But if you buy them on their own, it says pack of six hot dogs or pack of eight hot dogs so those are a hot dog and then there's a hot dog bun so when you add the bun to the dog it just kind of becomes part of it but if We're i just want just it. a hot dog does the bun just lose its identity the, when yeah, it's combined? The, just, yeah it's completely codependent it doesn't know how to be its own Poor bun buns. <laughs> They have no self-esteem. We need some (laughs) bun rights. Yeah. We need some... Buns need some therapy. They need some... Clearly. They keep getting forgotten about. Bun lives matter. (laughs) Oh, no. That's terrible. terrible. I apologize. I think in the future I'm going to be very clear. I'm like, I would like a hot dog and a bun, please. In a bun. Just to give the bun some love. Well, this is what I would do when I was little. It's like (laughs) when my brother would ask for, for milk. Um, not in his cereal, he would say, I need milk for my mouth, not for my cereal. <laughs> so there's clearly some sort of genetic trait in our family where we don't understand how food works. I used to call, I used to call milk Moo Moo Juice. <laughs> That's so inappropriate. So inappropriate. But also kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because you choose sure, the Moo Moo. Sure, you choose the Moo <laughs> <laughs> to get uh, the milk. <laughs> Today's lesson in history. Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, so back in the slightly less creepy room, um, the girl is painting a wonderfully creepy picture of her crying over dead bodies. <laughs> That's not weird at all. And Sam display, displays that she has far greater artistic talents than Teal'c does when she has a stick figure next <laughs> yeah. to the girl. Yeah. I love that it's still the stick figure though. She's like, "Yep." Yet it's still I'm better stick than to what I do. <laughs> stick to what you know. Be yeah. good at what you can yeah. do. Um, but she then tells the girl that you know she doesn't have to worry. She's never going to be alone again. Promises, promises. Yeah, you're going to have this stick figure drawing forever. <laughs> it's easy. It'll be with you all the time. So back on the planet, Jill. Jilk. <laughs> Which is basically Jack and Teal yeah, together. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, Jilk. you just ship them. Um, <laughs> Jack describes to Teal what a black hole is. Because it's one of those where I, I don't know if I completely take for granted that everyone knows what a black hole is because I, I've known my as long as I can remember what a black hole is. But I guess they put these little things in here just in case someone doesn't know what the well, things are talking about. Here's what about. I think. I think there's a spectrum of knowledge when it comes to ba- black holes. That's what I'm saying. Whereas, you know, you are in the far end of all the knowledge. And it's it's not and like I take it for granted, but because I, I it was so... I've known it for so long. Right. And mm. I don't think about... I yeah. feel like I have a base knowledge of worm of black holes. See, I, I'm at the place where I know what it what one is. Don't ask me to explain it to you. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you or or boyfriend Jesse, for that matter, couldn't explain to me for days what a black <laughs> hole is until the point where I'm like, I want to know no more. I'm done <laughs> knowing about say black, black holes. Hole say ever nothing again. ever again. But it's necessarily <laughs> they at least put this like explanation in in a non horrible <laughs> yeah bra- like it makes sense within the story High concept, simple language. Yes. That's always the goal. Exactly. Um, so back in the girls' room, uh, the girl is falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Sam has to go. But Dan is going to be here instead. I don't know how creepy that is. I don't is. know. That feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she reminds the girl again that she's very brave. Right. And then she speaks. She goes, please don't go. Yeah. And then we find out her name is Cassandra. Cassandra. And her, and her chest hurts. Yeah. Oh. So it turns out Janet can't see anything wrong with her at first, mm-hmm. but her potassium level is extremely low. 
And as Cassie and Sam leave, she completely passes out. She goes into arrest. Janet calls a code blue. A Cassie gets tubed. She gets shocked. And finally, her heart starts beating again. But Janet hears something very off and weird and scary. And mm-hmm. there is basically a machine sound coming from her heart. There's now. a machine in her heart. Yeah. She's part robot. She's now part robot. Although even more of a reason why I love her. First, she has low potassium levels, (laughs) which I totally get it. I've been there. (laughs) I know that tomato juice tastes like garbage, but you gotta just drink it. (laughs) And also now she is part non-human. She is part non-whatever she is. She's non-organic being. There are good ways to be non-organic beings. This might not be bad ways to (laughs) be non-organic beings. This might not be the best way. (laughs) Um, It's still pretty cool though. <laughs> Except for the part that you realize that she's going to be Except a giant for the atomic bomb. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so chest X-ray shows a giant thing attached to her heart. It looks like a spider. Looks like the Spider-Man logo, kind of. Yeah. Doesn't it seem dangerous to chest X-ray? Something? Well, <laughs> but the thing is, is you just hear the sounds. They had no clue if it was metal or anything until That's they did a chest X-ray. That's true. Maybe after the chest X-ray, I they're mean, like, let's not throw any more radiation yeah, at this child. Or, or like, yeah. I mean, I guess they didn't stick it in an MRI machine, which is nice. Well, I mean, or- <laughs> I guess something. I guess if maybe something like an ultrasound would have been better. Yeah, there's got to be better, less invasive, less. But again, all they heard was the sounds. They had right. no clue. That's true. What was going yeah. on? Um, and so whatever this was went there 10 hours ago. Um, but at mm. least Cassie's now breathing on her own. Right. Because you see her in the background without That's a tube. Nice, yeah. Although the next scene she's back tubed again, which seems like it would be kind of rough yeah. on your body. Yeah. Um, and... Those tubes are no joke. Yeah. yeah. And they're in the OR and they have a scope in her and they see this large metal blob attached to her heart. Ugh. And as the closer they get, her heart rate keeps rising and rising and rising. And Dr. W, uh, I blanked on his name as I know it starts with the W, mm-hmm. um, tries to scrape it. But as he goes to scrape it, Cassie flatlines. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as they Don't get, do that. Oh, yeah. as soon as they get away from her heart, it starts beating normally again. Yikes. One weird, one complete, east, like, not Easter egg, but goof, is when you flip to her um, heart monitor, it says adult. That's right. I did notice that. She's not an adult. She's not even close to adult. <laughs> that should say child. The least adult of, of that adults. That should just say Cassie. There's, yeah, I should just did say. Did they not how buy? How about I just say nothing? Did, <laughs> they, did they not buy the child version yeah. of that because Why? they're this yeah. GC? No kidding. How is their machine so dumb that it can't tell the difference between child and adult? I don't know, because it tell on its own? Do they have to hit a button? I probably have to hit a button. Yeah, maybe they just don't know how to change the settings. It's like when the VCR used to blink mid-12 all day. And, like, since yeah. one of any of them probably, it's not you like know, worked with a child or anything. at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're like, just get her in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't have time for this. There's, like, one, you know, there's one guy in the one resident in the background who's like, oh, we should really change the settings. He's like, really, dude? Really? Shush, we don't have time for shush, this. shush, shush. Yeah. You are way too low ranking yeah. to make those calls right now. <laughs> So, um, Janet goes, they can't remove without killing her, but they at least got some samples from it. Right. So, Cassie wakes up from a dream about her mom, hmm. and Sam promises that when she gets better, she'll show Cassie all the great things about this world. Right. And Cassie falls asleep, and Sam leaves the room, and this scene, I, I don't know why, but this scene always kind of sticks out to me as one of the scenes from the episode, and I cannot explain why. Mm. Um, but as she leaves the room, Daniel's sitting outside with the book, and... Daniel offers to sit with her, and Sam goes, you know, it's it's fine, and she wants to do this. Mm-hmm. And Daniel reminds her that she doesn't have to do it alone. Right. It is pretty, I don't know. It's, it's, I it's don't. It's touching. It's very touching, and like I said, I, I don't, I can't really explain why this episode, or this scene in this episode always sticks out to me as, I think, one of the two or three scenes that I always think of when I think of this episode. Um, I think there's something that resonates about a woman who's so powerful and self-sufficient, and she's Captain Dr. Sam. Yeah. She's a badass. She does all these things, and, and she's always... She's got her shit handled. Yeah. But for other people to be like, hey, remember that you're still a people. Yeah. And you can be people with us, and we're here to help and each she, other. And it's like she's built up all these walls, and she's like, this is what I have to do, and I have to make it through, yeah. and I'm doing this, and she forgets that there is still a fallback system. Yeah. And it's almost like she, she doesn't want to acknowledge it, because if she acknowledges that there 
there's other people that can come in and help with this, it's like she's failed. Right, right. But it's like if, if, if Daniel's there to remind her that she's human. Yeah, it's like it, I, I fully understand the part of her brain where she's like, I need to handle this because if someone else has to pick oh, up yeah. any of these pieces, it's a failure on my part. Right. Because right. I couldn't handle the situation. Yeah. Whereas Daniel's like, uh, That's drop really it down a notch. It. Yeah. Take it down a notch. Uh, <laughs> let me help you out here. Yeah, because this is what we're here for. Uh, we're a team. Remember that part where we're a team? Yeah. There's like team. four of us on a team. Do you remember what team means? Because this is There's no I in team. And yeah. Sam goes, but there is a me. There's uh, a, yeah. <laughs> there is a Sam in teams. Somehow. Run. That's when you run awkwardly out of the room. <laughs> um, and back on the planet, it's showtime. <laughs> the Apollo? Because, no, they're on showtime, remember? Oh, that's right. I have no clue if that's intended. <laughs> but I, while I'm watching that, I heard that and I went... <laughs> Product not, placement? I mean, they're still on showtime, aren't they? <laughs> so, back at the SGC, there's a fatty layer between the two objects in Cassie's heart. Okay. Earlier, I hadn't heard until now that there's two objects there, but I guess there, I maybe, I guess there is. It's the first time they mentioned it, I think. Mm. But the, as the fatty layer is decaying, the two objects, the two sides are getting closer and closer together. Mm. And they're like, well, we'll do an experiment, see what happens when the iron and potassium on one side meet up with Naquid on the other. Mm. And they have microscopic amounts, and they're doing it way underneath the SGC in the bottom of the mountain. And it doesn't go well. Not at all. It doesn't go well at all. All the explosive. Like, that's a microscopic amount. Right. And the camera's blown out. Like, it's nothing but a flash of white. Yeah. Bad. The gamma radiation is off the scale. Something terrible will happen. This is a And that's a a a microscopic amount. When you look at how much is inside that child. This is a devastating amount of explosive. And that's, I like, I think that's when you're like, oh, oh, I feel bad about this. Yeah. Oh, my stomach feels bad. There's no way to not feel bad about this. So, back on Honka, um, Jack and Teal, so the eclipse is going on, and through the telescope they see a giant ship. Which, you know, should yeah, probably be that's there. that's weird, yeah. And Teal'c, because he has all the knowledge, Teal'c recognizes it as a Gould attack vessel. That's not a good sign for us. Probably not, that's no. That's gonna, not going to be good things. No, probably not. No, no, no. So in the briefing room, uh, we've determined that the Gould did it. <laughs> uh, and they made them think that it was their fault that everyone right, died. Right. And they designed a Trojan horse, a perfect Trojan horse. Right. They brought her through the gate. Jenna gave her iron supplements. They may have even turned it on when they shocked her. Wait, now the name Cassandra makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm there now. Okay. Yeah. And they only have one hour and 52 minutes in, until the the two halves touch because the cellular decay is like clockwork going right. on right now. So, wow. So they planted this in... They, I completely I completely neglected to look up the um the 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 um the myth of the Trojan horse. And well, Cassandra I know the story of Cassandra. That. Cassandra was the one who told them that something terrible was happening. She was a seer. Yeah, and she and like her her curse was that no one would ever believe her. No one ever believed her, but she was the one telling them, "Hey, this is trouble. Something mm-hmm. that's happening." Yeah. Which is basically what this little girl's doing. She's without knowing so. Yeah. She's she's warning them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Trojan horse, of course, is they, everyone hid inside the horse, the Troy, yeah, they wheeled it they inside, in. hey, look, it's a pretty gift, and once they got inside, everyone is then dead in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, they attacked, they attacked. All the soldiers were in the Trojan horse, and then they attacked. Exactly. So, Sam and Daniel watch Cassie as she sleeps. That's not creepy. <laughs> uh, Sam is rightly furious. She she can't com- like she she literally is so furious she's almost shaking she can't comprehend how like this is a child this right. is a little girl and they turned her into a bomb I yeah mean, that is that is exactly what they did that is so horrendous that it it is difficulty wrapping your mind around it well we know that the gold are not good people and I don't know that we needed they more don't proof, see her as but a, yeah they don't see her as a as she's a girl. not people no. she's it's just another she's this is cattle. a military tactic yep. And it, there's this interesting little moment here between Sam and Daniel again, and I forget the line. She says something about, Sam says something about, you know, she needs to keep, she knows she can't get attached. And Daniel says something about there's nothing wrong with getting attached. And Sam goes, sometimes she has a hard time remembering that Daniel isn't military. Right. 
I don't know how you could forget that Daniel's not military. Really? You mean his ineptness and (laughs) and confusion? Yeah. And just all together. But it was, it, it, unlike the earlier scene between them in the hallway, this one sort of didn't connect in the same way. No, but uh, I'll tell you this. This episode, I go back and forth with Daniel. I mm-hmm. think I've, I've done it out loud. Uh, you know, <laughs> every single every episode. Every single episode. I just go back and forth. And I have trouble remembering that he's the heart of the show. He's just a person who feels a lot of feels and thinks a lot of things. Yeah. Which is why he falls in love with all these women. Exactly. Which is why he has these these outbursts of It's like you cannot have a character who more wears his heart on his sleeve. Who just feels everything. A it's like Ronderms. He's yeah. literally made of Ronderms. Yeah. And, and sometimes I... I forget that that's who he is. And I'm like, oh, my God, Daniel, please get it together. <laughs> Which really is is really double standard coming from someone like myself who also lives in the fields. I live in I them. don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> and so so this one, this is an episode that made me remember, okay, this is why Daniel's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's he, not military man. He is the heart. Yeah, he's heart. You know. And, and in a lot of ways, Tilk is, too. But it, this, there's a whole different style of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they all carry something, but Dallin is just this raw of the heart. They all have very different roles on yeah. the team. And it's this idea that we work to keep Daniel alive because he keeps us human. Yeah. Yep. He's 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 the he's the emotional core. Yeah. I mean, Teal'c has some of that, yes, but he's definitely still the warrior. Right. He right. is so clearly the warrior on that team. And then Sam is definitely the... I guess I know there is a, a classic literary thing with with a, a five man band. Although this is only four people, hmm. but he's like the Sam is like the 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 mystic wizard. Yeah, of All the right. team. Okay. She's the wisdom. I mean, she's the wisdom that comes in. That's fair. Is the knowledge base. Okay. She's the one who's going to have all of the the ways out, the tech knowledge, the. Uh, Type okay, thing. that's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah. And then Jack is Jack. Jack is a rogue leader. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I just say that I really want uh, a scene with Jack and Han Solo? <laughs> yeah. That Well, they'd have to cross paths at some point. I would just want them to play poker. No, see, I want us to come to a planet where Han Solo... Oh, this is Han Solo early years. Yes. He's in the middle of some sort of pirating thing. Okay. And we just happen to catch him on a planet, and they're like, what the fuck's going on? Who are you? Why are you here? We're here to discover new people. And he's like, uh, I'm not looting these random things. Can then... Because then we can both have... Maybe when he makes a Tesla run. <laughs> <laughs> That's an future episode they help him make the castle run yeah um because then we could not only have han solo and jack but then we could have teal'c and chewy oh my goodness oh yes oh teal'c and chewy yep oh, i like it that, that makes me so happy that combination stay tuned for more crossover episodes like oh i like who it. would you more let win chewy or teal'c i think they would Kind of just team up and make fun of everybody else. Like, they're really like, you want to trade, like, jackasses? And so Teal would go hang out with Han for a while, and Chewie would go hang out with Jack for a while. I have a hunch that Teal would just end up knocking Han out. Right, right. Like, I've had enough with this shit. Chewie, can you imagine Chewie as part of the Stargate team? Oh my god! I just like the, the profile. Of that, you know, that shot, that hero shot of all four of them? It's like these three humans and then this giant chewy. Here's what cracks me up. One of them is like arms up. I see. And then you see a spellcaster profile of two instead of the snap weapon. Yeah. But I see. The the fun I have is because I will say that I feel like Chewy has slightly looser morals. Oh, yeah. Than Teal'c. So they're on something and everyone has, you know, their their guns up and it's a tense moment. Uh And it's just one of those where they're waiting and instead of Teal waiting for Jack to say the word or whatever Chewie's just like bam 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 they're all dead uh what's Are for we lunch? done now? Yeah. What's for lunch? 
<laughs> I do like that idea. And then you still have no one can understand Chewie. Uh, yeah. And they're like, okay. <laughs> because Han's the only one that understands That's what Chewie's true. saying, it That's seems. That's true, yeah. So no one on SG-1 has any clue what Chewie's saying. He just goes bam, 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 bam with his bowcaster and then just walks off. Yeah, there's just this slight amount of, of fear that is the leading <laughs> feeling. Yeah, just fear just sort of outtakes every other feeling that everyone else on the team has, oh, including Jack. This would be such an amazing crossover. I like it. Um... <laughs> So, back on Honka. <laughs> Honka. Honka just that. sounds so weird. I like Honka because it sounds like Sanka, and then I think of um, See, the and bobsled I, team. And I think of... Jamaican bobsled I team. I think of Waka Waka. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that too. Um, so, someone... Feel the rhythm. It's a teal Feel the rhythm. <laughs> Get on up. It's bobsled time. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> so, Teal can somehow... I have no clue the fuck how, but Teal can tell it's near T-ship. Who's yeah. enemy for Apophis? <laughs> and, uh, oh, they send out some death gliders to come say hi. And so Jack and Teal hightail it back to the gate. And, you know, I didn't I didn't gather too much information. Um, and I didn't want to go into her role in Stargate in case it goes further pay on this episode. Mm. But Nirti is a Hindu goddess. And she's the goddess of poverty and corruption. Oh, which that doesn't seems weird. sound like a complete thing, but I read the first paragraph on Wiki. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's what we get off yep. of the first paragraph on Wiki. Because yep. if we read any more, we might have spoilers. Yeah. I Understood. Wanna... Okay. So she is a goddess of things that are not the greatest things. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like it. Okay. Got it. Um, so Hammond gets off his red phone, and we have this amazing line, or two lines, this back and forth, and Sam goes, look, sir, I know this decision can't be easy for you. And Hammond goes, in fact, the decision is quite easy. It's the consequences which are difficult. Right. Which That's is true. like, oh, yeah, heartbreaking. What a, what a powerful way to word that, though. Yeah. And here's, I mean, Hammond's a grandpa. Yeah. In, yeah, in essence, is. his grandkids could be the same age. Yep. So he sees it even as it, as it being his grandkid. He would still yes. do the same thing, with, but it um, would suck. Because they can't get the device separate from her heart without killing her. Mm -hmm. So they have to send her back through the gate. And Sam offers to take her. So Jack and Teal'c are running for their lives against the Death Gliders. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's this... uh, Another seemingly... This could have either been in a different place. Maybe not while Jack and Teal'c are completely under fire with a Death Death Glider (laughs) blowing up shit around them. Yeah. But they're hiding behind this, like, bunker ridge area. Mm Mm-hmm. And Teal'c remembers a story where Nirti sent, sent an emissary for peace to negotiate a treaty concerning a Stargate that Apophis had taken control of. Um, but it was a ploy, and oh. the Stargate ended up being destroyed. And somehow Jack and Teal'c immediately know it's something to do with the girl. Right, because, you know, they know all the things. This is the weirdest part of the episode for me. Like, it's brought up at the worst possible time. Yeah, it's They not... immediately know it's the girl because plot says so. The, I think, yeah, I think... It doesn't seem organic It in wasn't any way. very well developed is no. probably the, what I'm going to go Here's with. Here's the thing is that y- you didn't even need this in there. They run no, back they to the gate No, they don't need to know. Yeah, fine. they don't need to have figured it out. They just yeah. need to go save their asses. And they can, to me, it's one of those things where so they get back to the SGC and then they notice that because later on Cassie passes out. I mean, I'd be okay with them being like something is going on, yeah. not knowing exactly what. But I can see Teal maybe saying you could have the same story told later on after they see the girl has passed right, right, out, right. and after they see and after they find out. Well, the that's part what I'm saying. The they could, in the system and things as like they're that. running, they could be like something bigger is going on here. Yes. We got to get back and discuss. With exactly, the group. exactly. And then once they have the information, then come to this realization. Yeah. So we have some intercut right here between the gate room. They're preparing to take Cassie back and Jack and Teal'c running to the gate. So yep. Cassie passes out and then we have Jack snarks that Teal'c isn't dialing the DHD faster. Right. Uh, and then Cassie's suddenly in a coma, which can you tell someone's in a coma that quickly? I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't think you can. Um, and Walter I mean, has, are they monitoring her brain function? Maybe it just went flat. There's no connections That's there. True. She's in That's the suit true. to go back. Yeah. Um, um, and Walter's this great thing he's, he calls out. He's like, Chevron 6, it's... What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and the iris opens, which this I have... The previous time that we've seen the iris, we saw... Um, and I think this was this was um, Fire and Water yeah. when they came through. We saw 
um, Jack's number come up, and they verified it, and then they had to press their palms to a thing in order to open the gate. Right. But here the gate is, or the to open the iris. And yes. the iris is here opening as soon as it understands the DHD code. That's true. So they can't override it or anything. I wonder if there's different multiple protocols. It's either multiple protocols, or I wonder if they've upgraded the system since That's then. That's true. That's very possible. Or it's just something that different people didn't notice when they were yeah. writing the episodes. Yeah, I... I'm gonna look I'm gonna, past it. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say that it's there's different protocols and they've <laughs> upgraded their systems. You know, it's like when Adobe constantly wants to update. Um, they have like the, emergency the codes. Yeah. <laughs> so if we put the emergency code yeah. in, no one has to palm it open. It's but like then the everyone PDF. starts. Using they're doing. The look, code they're updating in the background. It's all security <laughs> updates. They're doing this in the background. You don't need to know what's happening. You just need to know that your stuff. But is But then when something doesn't go the same way, you're like, what the fuck? And then you go look, That's and then true. it causes hassle. And yeah. It's always <laughs> IT guys. Yeah, damn it. Damn them IT dudes. So Jack and Teal make it through the gate, and they yell for the gate to be shut down, because there's like a death glider coming through almost. <laughs> and to get Cassie away from the gate. Yeah. So we learn that the Gould are what kept SG-7 from contacting the SGC to warn them. Okay. And they can't risk sending Cassie through, since it's the Earth gate that they want to destroy. Right, So right. if they send her through, then they have the Naquadona system is going to react with the Naquadona Stargate. Boom. Big yeah. bada boom. All that, right. Big bada boom. <laughs> Multipass. Um, <laughs> uh, Hammond can't risk the mountain, uh, so they need to take her somewhere else. Right. Jack remembers there's an abandoned nuclear facility about 20 minutes away. How convenient. That's very convenient. So they drive through a forest. Cassie is still completely comad in yeah. Sam's arms. <laughs> they arrive at the storage facility. There's a long walk. There's an elevator, a long walk. And they come to another elevator. Yeah. Uh, Jack offers to take her from take her from here, and Sam refuses. Yeah, we're deep in the ground. Yep, is basically what they're telling us. The elevator goes down thirty floors through solid rock. Yikes! It takes three minutes each way. She has four minutes to start back up. Mm-hmm. Sam goes into the elevator with all the emotions. No kidding. There's like hardly you any are room. Walking a child to its death. There's hardly any room for her in the elevator with all of the emotions. So all of the has baggage. To pack in yeah, there. yeah. It's like, oh, I can't get this door closed. And if that wasn't hard enough, yeah. Cassie wakes up. Yep. Damn it, Cassie! Why couldn't you just sleep? Sam has no clue what to do. She is terrified. She tries to hide her fear, her pain, the horrible situation from Cassie. Yeah, but Cass- what do you do? I mean- Cassie notices her crying. Like this is literally like like yeah. You have no clue what to do. This is just like the worst thing that could possibly yeah. happen. Yeah. Um. And the elevator goes down. What do you do at this point? You know, there's this, this is a real human. This is real things happening. And I mean, do you... And it's not like this is... Do you let them go to death with this with this innocence, with this ignorance? Yeah. It's, or do you it's tell them what's going on? one of those things where if this, was, if, if this was on Daniel's heart, mm. you know, you would tell Daniel what's going on. And Daniel would then make the choice to go down there. Right. And just sit but there and do this. But this is a 11-year-old child. Mm. And do, you know, you can't tell them what's about to happen. You can't ask them to just right. go down there and, and, you know, die for the yeah. good of everything. I mean, you can tell them what's going on, but you can't, you can't know that a decision will be made with complete sound reasoning. Because of, it's one of those things where they're going to pick, well, what will make you happy? Right, right. What will make you happy? What can I do to make you happy? Um, or if they're an ass, what can I do to piss you off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, so the doors open to a dark room, and they go through to a huge door they have to turn open to another dark, even scarier room, <laughs> which is seriously something out of... I think um, I think I recognize this level as from the old GoldenEye game for 64. <laughs> Pretty sure that's yeah, where that room somewhere came from. It's a dark and scary room. Yep, yeah. yep. Um, and... Sam tells Cassie to sit down and says she has to go. And Cassie reminds her that she promised yep. she'd never be alone again. That's true. Ba- Cassie just killed Sam. Oh, like... She's basically I don't know Sam. how she can be upright at this point. Yeah. Um, Sam is just broken in half with the emotions oozing and pouring and gushing out of her. Yeah. And she promises to Cassie that she will come back and that she is very brave. And Sam has to close the door now. And as Sam openly crying as she locks this door, and you hear Cassie calling up for Sam. Yeah. From the oh, other God. side as the door closes. Oh, 
It's like, why don't you just ask her to shoot her own dog? Yeah. So Sam heads back to the elevator, furious, scared. She's kicking the wall. She curls up in the corner, just in tears. Mm -hmm. Uh, And suddenly she stands up. She hits the button and heads back down. Jack notices, because up top, there's this convenient floor number ticker. Uh, for plot reasons. Yeah, because yep. uh, <laughs> otherwise, how would we know that she's not coming back up? Um, we see Sam open the door to Cassie, and she there's an intercom there. And because Jack's, like, calling down to Sam via this intercom, she calls back up, and she goes, I am staying. Good for uh, her. And, and Jack is, like, negative, coming back up here, and she goes, she's awake. Yeah. And that shocks everyone That changes top. everything. It's a whole new ball game, people. Yep. Sam shuts the door and goes to sit and hug with Cassie. Um, Jack is yelling at her this whole time. Cassie asks if they're going to die, and Sam tells her no. So Jack watches his watch, clicks See, down to zero. See, this is where I have to disagree with Sam for doing that. Why? Well, how is lying going to help at this point? Here's The only thing I can say is that if she is going to die in three seconds. Mm-hmm. It's going to be such an instantaneous thing that she will never have known. That's true. Because the size of that explosion, they're both going to be dead like Instantly. microseconds after that thing That's goes off. That's very true. And if they don't, well, then she didn't have to worry about it. Okay. So I can kind of see her logic there. There's no point in telling this kid that you're 30 seconds away from dying. Yeah. So her last 30 seconds are lived in complete terror and frightened of, of what's about to happen and... Okay, you're very fair thing. points. You've made a lot of fair points. I can handle kids. Totally, <laughs> I can handle kids. Uh, <laughs> so Jack watches his clock click down to zero and then nothing happens. Right. Jack calls down and Sam says that they're awake. I mean, they're okay. There's nothing happens. Yeah. Um, but she just couldn't leave. She just couldn't leave Cassie down there. Because uh, it occurred to her that she slipped into a coma while they were right next to the gate. And once they got far enough away, she That's woke true. up. Yeah. And somehow she just knew that everything was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. They never... I think they mention right after here that, like, her body is absorbing the Nakwita back up again. That's sort of essentially breaking down because of the distance right. from the gate. Right. Which it makes sense. It formed kind of the same yeah, way. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a magnet... And then kind of drew everything to one spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see that. That's fair. So Daniel and Cassie and Sam and Teal'c are walking through the park, and they have the cute little, like, swing the kid game. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, and then... And the hat. I was waiting for this to turn into the full house opening sequence. <laughs> I wanted them to all to hang go. out at Alamo Square. I'm pretty sure the outfits that they're wearing came straight. I'm pretty sure yeah. Mr. Tanner wore the outfit that Daniel yep. is wearing. That sounds right. In all of its yeah. 90s. Yeah. Jack is Uncle Jesse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly who that is. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I can't decide if Daniel is uh, is Mr. Tanner or um, who's the other uncle? It, well, it's not uncle, but it's Joey. Oh, Joey. Because there's well, Joey and there's Uncle, uncle. Jesse. Uncle. Yeah. Uncle. But they're very me. they're very specific about saying that he's not an uncle, he's Joey's friend. He's, he's Danny's friend. But, like, I can't decide if he's Joey or <laughs> Mr. Tanner. I think he's, I think he's Danny Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's... I don't he's know where Tilk comes He's not nearly as carefree. I mean, you know, he's not cool enough to be Joey. No, no. I mean, he he can't make amazing jokes and, like... He thinks he can make amazing he's jokes. He's not... Yeah. He's, he Does can't that do make that Popeye Tilk impression. Joey? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> well, Tilk's wearing that hat again. Tilk can make Comet. <laughs> yeah, he is wearing that hat. He's wearing that stinking hat. <laughs> he's wearing that hat. And he pulls it off, man. Ish. Um... Give that man a ball cap. <laughs> Seriously. He had a ball cap in one episode. Come he on. Had, he had the Chicago hat. That's right. Why can't he wear the Chicago hat again? <laughs> well, Anything with that weird whatever that is. as a, not a 25-gallon hat. <laughs> um, and Jack has brought Cassie a pup. Her own puppy dog. Because a there's a rule on Earth that every kid has to have a dog. That's right. And this is her dog. Um, so I think this looked like a, a Shibu Inu. She made it. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was. But I've never seen a tricolored one before. Like I this dog true. looks like the hybrid of a, a Shibu Inu and Kaylee. 
Yeah, she does look like Kaylee Thor. Because she had she had the tricolor. <laughs> she didn't have the collar that Kaylee has. But well, because nobody's that fancy. No, no, no. Very few pups are as fancy as Kaylee Thor. Um, but yeah, it's a very cute, very cute little puppy. Um, and but but Cassie doesn't mind that rule at all. No. Kids have to have yeah, a dog. Yeah, she'll she'll tough. I think that she'll out. be okay. She'll yeah. tough it out. Um, Teal'c makes a reference about a mother's instinct to Sam, and. Uh, did she put on a fake smile or is it a genuine smile? See, I don't know if I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's history there that Sam's hiding. I don't know if she's just like, huh, I don't want to be a mom. I think I will say if someone had made a line like that to me, uh-huh. that would be a fake smile. Yeah. I can see that. I and I think Sam And even if I went through an experience like this with mm-hmm. a kid, I would be like that I would have a fake smile cuz I'm like to me that's not necessarily a mother instinct. That's like a human instinct. Right, but you'd be surprised how many people don't think that way. But I was like, yeah, we are ingrained to take care of the younglings yeah. in the society. Yeah, it's a very evolved approach. So not everybody thinks that way. I, if someone had made, a, I mean, if someone now makes a line to me about something being a mother's instinct, I'm like, okay, yeah. <laughs> This well, is my yeah, I can smile. see I can see Sam being someone who's like I don't need to have kids because I've got a lot of other shit to handle. Yeah, but she, you know, and it might be a distraction from a job that takes her to different planets and puts yeah. her life at risk. That's every day. something that I think they rack up a number of comp hours and OT. No on that kidding. Job. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, um, how many times is her life in danger? Yeah. You can't have tiny humans that depend on you and constantly be going out there and putting your life in danger like this. Um, But Janet is going to take care of her until they find a family with the right security clearance (laughs) for her. Uh, But Sam wouldn't be surprised if Janet keeps her. I think because she's a puppy. And Janet doesn't go off rural nearly enough like Sam to have that same issue. Yeah, she's pretty cool about that stuff. Um... So Sam promised Cassie to keep visiting her after she finds a new home, mm-hmm. and Cassie assures Sam that she knows that the Stargate is a secret, and that she was born in a place called Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love this part. I'm like, this is such a Canadian series. It's like, really? You make this poor kid Canadian? <laughs> Come on, isn't her life hard enough already? Well, you know, she just has to learn, you know, the stickle uh, accent in there. I know, problem, don't you know? Um, and then introduces Cassie to Swings. Yeah, which is pretty much the greatest thing ever. Uh, I actually I love swings. I spent a, a, a solid ten minutes last night on a walk looking for swings, hoping that they'd be there. Even though, even though boyfriend Jesse told me there was no swings. My <laughs> pure excitement is the fact that there's a park that I can walk to fairly easily. I take Kaylee there often, and they With have adult size swings. Adult height swings, <laughs> and like it makes it. me so happy because I am six foot tall. <laughs> I cannot be on normal swings because I can't get my feet splayed <laughs> enough, like at the bottom, to not. To just be pick fair, there's not. A ton of six foot tall children on swings, <laughs> which is why so I'm you are really very lucky you have found those. When I can find swings, you can do that, that thing where you on. swing it over the top one extra time to <laughs> make it done shorter. That before. <laughs> I Except hated I when that do happened it like three times. Or I hated times. when that happened because I was a kid that was too short. I'm still too short, <laughs> and I would try and swing it back, and I'm not exactly strong enough or tall enough to do that. <laughs> I did. Whenever I did that, I did put it back when I was done. I appreciate it. I appreciate. For me and all the other short kids <laughs> around. I no, but I'm so. I mean, I, I've, I've. There's been a couple times where it's actually nice outside that I've gone there with a book, and like there's kids playing in the playground. Like this is my swing. I sat there <laughs> reading for so long yeah. that like I literally couldn't get off it yeah, because the circulation it had yep. been cut from my legs. So I spent yeah. like an hour and a half sitting That's on the you swing. Go. I live here now. This is me now. This is me now. This is my oh. name carved in the in the swing. <laughs> Tell mother I love her. <laughs> if you touch it, you will be electrocuted and die. I have poisoned it, and only I have the antidote. But, yeah. This episode is pretty cool. Uh, I touched on this a little earlier. I like what this episode did to my perception of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And a little bit what it did to my perception of Sam. And I like how it brought in Janet a little more, too. I love Janet. So, I, I dug this episode. This is my, okay, Daniel made good episode. So, it's interesting. Um, I ran across this, like, transcript transcript. Okay. of uh, a convention Q&A. Oh. I don't know where this is from. I think it was from Australia at some point. Okay. But it did mention that this was, at least in the first season, this is... Uh, I don't know when this was, so I don't know how 
far through the series right. had taken place. But she had mentioned this is one of her favorite episodes because it was the first time she really got some emotional beats and some emotional oh. chew on. Yeah. And it was also the first time we saw Sam really break down. That's true. It's absolutely the truth. We see her just kind of be human. Yeah, exactly. Just this, like, broken human of all the things. Because we all do that. We all break down sometimes. So, on the giant list of everything everywhere... Of all the things everywhere... Where do you put Singularity? Um, yikes. I gotta get rid of something. Okay, can I tell you where I put Singularity? Sure. Right top billing. Wow. Um, here's the thing. This goes... And the Knox is then kicked off my list. Oh, wow. And I love the Knox. You do. I you love do. The I'm Nox. impressed that you kicked it off. Because all these episodes, again, it's, you know, I my list is, my list is enjoyment level. Okay. So my list, the things on my list, right now on my list go Singularity, Thor's Hammer, Tormented Tantalus, Fire and Water, and Children of the Gods. Mm. My list is not necessarily these are the most well-crafted episodes right. of, of the season because I really love the Nox and I think that's one of the strongest story arc-wise. Gotcha. At least to me. I don't know whether the story is actually good to someone who like, you know write stories. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> these are the ones that if I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go back and enjoy an episode of Stargate, okay. this is my top choices. Wow. So that's why it keeps I can the see that. off the list. This is a great episode and I really do love this episode. Um, and I will tell you that it's in my top five. Okay. Uh, it's definitely in my top five. And is, what I'm working out right does now... Does that mean just cold Lazarus and bloodlines get kicked off That's what I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if I reshuffle or if I remove it. But I will say that this only comes second to the Children of the Gods. Alrighty. Um, I don't know if this knocks off... Cold Lazarus and Bloodlines, but... Or as you do you knock off... Because right now, yours is Children of the Gods, Singularity, uh-huh. Tormented Tantalus, Enemy Within, Fire and Water, and Cold Lazarus slash Bloodlines. Yeah, I think it so knocks gonna, off Fire and Water. So that you're just going to keep number five and you're knocking out what was your number four. Yeah, and the reason cool. for that is just because Fire and Water, I liked because it changed my mind about Daniel. Yes. And Singularity just cemented that feeling. So you already have that place in your top That's five. My you place. didn't need both of those That's in your exactly top five. That's exactly And I think Singularity does it better than Fire and Water. Although the episode Fire and Water is Daniel-centric. It's, it's interesting because Singularity gives you this more human... A, a, a Daniel that is a level... That's a lower level than 11. Right. A Daniel that's toned down, a Daniel that's relatable, a Daniel that's human, yeah. one that's not obnoxious. It's, it's you know... And it does it yeah. in a quieter and subtler way. There's, there's not as much hysterics as there is in Fire and Water. Yeah. And I think that's the word I'm looking for. It's it, very... There's a lot of hysterics in it. It's very dramatic, but it, not in a way that I enjoy. It's someone who enjoys that kind of drama. Yeah. It's really not what I was looking for. Yeah, so. this is a much... It's a much more... Um, a much more human and believable yeah way than fire and water was yeah um i think the enemy within i don't think that i can ever drop that off my list <laughs> okay you know it's got this yeah. thing about that episode that reminds me oh this is gonna get dark oh yeah yeah it's they they, they kicked you with it very early in the series you know i saw it because i was lulled into this false sense of like <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be fun i'm Woo-hoo! at disneyland we're this going is a really wagon cool, train through the stars yeah this is gonna Some be so much fun star trek and then the second episode goes he dead yeah he did he dead he not be R. dead. R.I.P. in peace. He suffers before he dies. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't think it can ever leave the list. I'm going to hang on to that as long as possible. So yeah, my list is now Children of the Gods, Singularity, Torment of Tantalus, Enemy Within, and then Cold Lazarus and Bloodlines are tied. Well, and just to let everyone know, the way we're going to do this is each season, mm-hmm. right now we only have to worry about one list because right. we only have one season. Each season we're going to have a top five. Yeah. And then when the... Once we get into more than one season, we're going to have a top... We're going to have one single between us list of the top ten overall yep, episodes, period. I like period. it. I would dig it. Right now, we're just doing our top... Every season, we're going to have our top five. Yeah, and so, we won't have to, like, shuffle and jockey for position, I'm oh, sure. Fight. That'll be fun. Fight. <laughs> That'll be fun. I'm, I'm prepared to lose. <laughs> uh, there's no crying out louds. There's no, no, there's no deaths uh, in this episode. Um, 
And no holy hannas. The one thing I will say, uh, if if things got particularly silly this episode, oh yeah, we can thank Barn Turner Nick and the Rogue Brewing Company. Yeah, in honor of all the food we ate this weekend, <laughs> we are now having beer that is pretzel, raspberry, and chocolate flavored. It's called Voodoo Donut from Rogue yeah. Brewing Company, and I actually saw this in a couple places yeah. long ago that this existed, and I haven't. I guess I haven't gone out searching for and it. The face that this little man is making—it's like a weird gingerbread creep. This little gingerbread scary man is making the face. It says, "Grace, you're gonna eat what? Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna do this. This is the thing that's gonna happen." Anyway, he's—he's he's pretty cool looking, dude. Um, but I saw this over the weekend, and I was like, "Well, this is what we're drinking while we record <laughs> this episode yep. this weekend." So, uh, next week we're looking at the episode Korai. Korai. Oh, I like that. Um, I will tell you that this is a Teal'c-centric episode. Oh, those those are fun. Which I know will make you happy. Yes, I like me some Teal'c. Uh, this is, I, this is I'm still waiting for him to be in drag. <laughs> I just think he'd be good at it. Well, congratulations, because this week's episode... Congratulations! <laughs> um, this is one of those episodes that I guess I kind of forget about in the first season, and I'm really excited to go back and rewatch it, because... Once I'm reminded of his existence, mm. I'm reminded of some really, really interesting and chewy bits that exist in it. Nice. But it's not one that immediately pops into my head as as much as Singularity and, you know, uh, some of these other episodes right in the first season pop out at me. Cool. So. Well, this was exciting. Thanks, you guys, for sticking around. Singularity is a really great episode. Uh, this is one of the ones that I've been happiest to watch. It's. I knew. I knew you would love this one. I dig it. So we will see you guys next week for a core eye. Yes. Um, until then, have fun and thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Uh, you can email us at there's no place like Tara at gmail.com. If you have spoilers, please let us know so I can intercept those before Grace. And, and you can find <laughs> us on Facebook at there's no place like Tara. We're on SoundCloud. Find us. Talk to us. Communicate. We love you. Talk to you guys then. Bye. Bye.